Welcome to season three of Core Stories. I'm Emily Bruff, Communications Director at Otter Creek Church. This summer, I sat down with Betsy Piper. She shared what it truly means to be a part of community and share life together. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I know you will be uplifted too. Thank you for listening. My name is Betsy Piper. Um, I grew up actually in Indiana, Pennsylvania, which is, um, back then it was this thriving little church of about 200 people. Um, Scott Broadway grew up there. Um, Maggie Townsend's father grew up there. Um, Emily Stutzman's father grew up there. So there are some Otter Creek connections to that uh, little congregation. Um, I grew up with um, parents who were seekers. My um, mother had, I don't think, grew up growing, going to church. I know her mother was an atheist, but she um, found this little Church of Christ, and eventually she was the ladies' Bible teacher there, and my daddy was eventually an elder. I actually wasn't all that uh, much of a student in high school, and I didn't really want to go to college if I had to go to the local university like my older sister did. And there were um, Charlene Stutzman and a couple other girls at our congregation who had gone to this school, David Lipscomb in Nashville, which felt a world away to me. And um, I got in and was accepted and uh, came here to Lipscomb. But I was already dating a boy that I had met my senior year in high school, my future husband, Dennis, and... um, We got engaged during my sophomore year at Lipscomb, and um, at the beginning of my junior year, he didn't quit. He did not go to college, Um, but he didn't quit his job up in Pennsylvania, but he followed me to Nashville and found a job in a factory off Murfreesboro Road and uh, found a little apartment, and he lived in Nashville uh, during my junior year, and we got married after my junior year. So he had grown up with a rather different church background, and I wanted him to come to church with me. And so we tried out different congregations, and he loved the preacher at Otter Creek. Um, he loved Carol Ellis. So that is how we started coming to this church 46 years ago before I even got married, was because it was the place that Dennis felt at home. And it's become our family, and we've been here ever since. Um, I wouldn't say that I have ever really been angry with God or that I felt that God had left me. I think that's called the gift of faith. And I've always somehow always known that he had a plan for my life, even when I didn't understand it um, or didn't like it. Um, I always knew there was a greater plan, and I always understood that. So I know my friend Diana Reed was a prayer warrior in the warring sense. Um, And my husband Dennis is often angry with God, but um, I've never been angry with God. Dennis and I have had many struggles through the years, including um, when we'd been married about five years, he asked me for a divorce. Um, We really weren't getting along at all. Um, I had gotten married at age 20. I had maybe been to two weddings in my life. I had no idea. Uh, My parents didn't fight. Um, I 
didn't understand my husband very well. And um, anyway, I would come to Otter Creek and I would sit up in the balcony, old Otter Creek, sit up in the balcony by myself and just cry and cry and cry and think um, nobody saw me. But they did. And eventually I told my friend Marilyn Switzer about the struggles that I was having and that I thought my marriage was going to fall apart and he'd left everybody he knew to come to Nashville for me. And how could I be such a great failure? And um, Marilyn told me I needed to talk to Miss Eva. And Miss Eva is an Otter Creek legend. And God worked it out so that when I finally decided I could tell someone that I was a failure, um, I walked into the lobby of the old building and those people who remember what that was like, it was always crowded with people and there was no one in that lobby but Eva Crothers. God had put her there just for me. And I walked up to her and started crying and she immediately took me back um, to another room and um, I shared with her um, some of my struggles and she told me how her marriage with Big John, another a former Otter Creek elder and a real legend at this church. She told me some of the realities of their marriage. And um, it was comforting to learn that not everybody had a perfect marriage. And she helped me find help at Agape. And um, I got counseling. And anyway, we're still together after we had our 45th wedding anniversary. And I wouldn't say we have a model marriage. Um, There have to be large spaces in our togetherness because we don't see the world the same way. But um, but I do love him and he loves me and he is much loved at this congregation and um, his girls and I love him too. And um, so God redeemed my marriage. Um, I'm not sure which struggles to tell about. I have struggled in so many ways. Um, There's the time I set my house on fire. Accidentally, of course. Um, There is, well, in the last two years, I've had three brushes with death. Um, Dennis and I were on our way to the Wayne Reed dinner um, when I saw a car about to plow into our car on my side. And um, I walked away from that accident. That was... um, an amazing and incredible thing. And um, God was very faithful to me that time. Months later, I am the, I guess what hurts the most is that they describe me on TV as the elderly woman who was carjacked at Lipscomb. Yeah, that was a very hurtful way to put that. But um, um, I was carjacked at gunpoint. Um, Ironically, while I was just after I was making a bulletin board on be the good there is in the world. Um, And here's a way that I, there's so many ways I could tell you how God has been faithful to me through many struggles and through people at this church. Um, My car was not recovered for 20 days. Laurie Natterville immediately, um, donated to our family as long as we needed it. Uh, A cute little red convertible, much nicer than the car that was stolen to use as long as we needed it. She went to court with me and took me to court all four times that I had to go to court um, related to that incident. Um, Faye Reeder, 
unbeknownst to me, canvassed friends of mine at this church and collected money for us to get a replacement car. And um, I was given about $6,000. And when the car was recovered after 20 days, one day before it would have been declared a total loss, when it was recovered and I didn't need it, I knew I there was no way to return the money. And so um, I gratefully accepted it and banked it, but with some guilt. And um, little did I know that I was being prepared for this past really difficult year where Dennis and I, between the two of us, had five surgeries. I had three major ones and he had open heart surgery, which is pretty major, um, and an eye surgery. And so with the five surgeries, um, I needed every bit of that savings that was put there for me through the faithfulness of God, through members of this congregation. Um, I've made a video, um, Ryan Lusk, a member of this congregation, uh, made a video that they showed in high school chapel at Lipscomb about how I dealt with the carjacking. Um, I don't have any lasting trauma at all. No nightmares, no, no fears. In fact, um, mainly I feel guilty that I don't, I don't remember to pray for the carjackers very often, but they were actually four very confused, very, um, actually rather pitiful souls. And I just pray that God redeems this situation. Um, one of them was found mentally incompetent to stand trial. Um, two of them have now entered with my agreement, time served, um, and they're in some kind of, I hope, rehabilitative program that is difficult, I've been told, but if they accomplish it, they will be able to make great changes in their life. And um, the fourth one was only 16 at the time and is in juvenile custody until 19. And then will be released. And I didn't really discuss that with my husband because he would want them to have the maximum penalty. And I just didn't want them to hurt anybody else. They didn't hurt me. They didn't hurt me. They just, um, they scared me. Um, and that night, um, when I went home, I realized they had my purse and they had my keys and they had all my ID. And I wound up in this panic that um, they were going to realize that I saw them and that I could identify them and they were going to come to my house and finish the job. And I couldn't sleep until I remembered a time when my Brittany, my middle daughter, had a lot of trouble sleeping. She worried that someone would break into her house and come into her room, which was the first one back the hall, and she would come into her room and hurt her. And I remember telling her as a little girl, Brittany, don't you believe God's big enough to take care of you? And she said to me, yes, mom, but what if he doesn't choose to? And I didn't really have any answer for that at the time. But that night, the night of the carjacking, when I couldn't think of a place I could hide in my house if they came, I realized if he doesn't choose to, it's part of that bigger plan that I was talking about and that it would be okay. And the minute that I realized that, 
I immediately could go to sleep because I had to get up the next morning. I was supposed to tell the story of the birth of Jesus. I know it was August, but it was the story in the church I grew up in. We would never. Well, yeah, we could tell it in August. We just couldn't tell it in December. Um, But I had the story of the birth of Jesus to tell and who could miss that. So I was so blessed the next morning to come and be with all those precious little children and um, tell the story of the birth of Jesus. Um, One thing that I feel is really important, there's so many stories I could tell of how people through Otter Creek have have helped me. Um, A long, long time ago, I remember being in a Bible class here at Otter Creek and someone asked, the teacher asked, who in here thinks they're in the inner circle at Otter Creek? And almost no one raised their hand, but I raised my hand. And um, people were stunned at that. Um, My husband's not elder material. We don't, we're not among the big givers. Um, We're not one of the most known families at Otter Creek, but we've struggled with so many things through the years that I I do know I'm on the inner circle and so are we all here at Otter Creek, but I am on the inner circle because more people at this church have helped me and have prayed for me through the years than almost anybody else because I've been able to be honest about the fact that I don't have it all together. I'm not. I think so many of my friends, I watch them and they don't they don't share the ugly parts. They don't share the bad parts. They make it seem as if they've got it all together. And none of us do. None of us have it all together. But um, that knowledge that um, my, my five friends who are the, the ones who are my life group um, have been with me through many, many struggles here at Otter Creek. Um, Randall and Del Wilcher, David and Cindy Waddell. Laurie and David Netterville, Laura and Larry Burkhart. We've been a life group for, I don't know how many years, um, more than 30. And we've just done life together through um, so many times and so many ways. And um, and I have so many other dear friends here at Otter Creek that have helped me, but um, they've helped me in so many ways. For example, when Dennis's mother was dying, in Pennsylvania, Dennis had pneumonia and he was too sick to walk. And I didn't know. I couldn't afford to fly all five of us. My girls were little then and I couldn't afford to fly all five of us to Pennsylvania. And I didn't know how we were going to get there. And Laurie Netterville um, called me and said, there's a van waiting for you. And I was able to drive to Pennsylvania with a van where my husband could lie down and rest and get better before he um dealt with his mama's funeral um, to get us to Pennsylvania when when my mother had an aneurysm and died the next morning. I remember vividly um, Dell calling me and saying, Betsy, what can I do? What can I do? Can I can I come and sit and cry with you? Which meant so much. She um, Janet um, immediately arranged plane tickets for me to fly to Pennsylvania and and be there and be a help to my daddy. Um, there are just so many stories. And um, through this last illness, they just, um, they and so many other friends here at Otter Creek um, 
I worried so because I was too sick to talk to people. And um, I had to be no visitors for a long time. And people would come to the hospital and I would turn them away. And I, I hated that, but their prayers sustained me. I knew that hundreds of people at Otter Creek were praying for me and wanting me to get well. And, and I did. And I got to, Gail Shrigley told me that I would get to come back to Lipscomb, that I would get to come back the next year and that I I. Sarah Keith Gamble, a leader at Lipscomb, told me I would finish strong, and I've been so blessed that I was able to. I had many, many victories this past year, and um, I just, you know, after the year was over, these five ladies had a retirement party for me, these five ladies in my life group, and they gave me this very large plaque, which kind of ties it all together in that um, the plaque is part of that song, but it's actually from Lamentations 3. Um, Great is thy faithfulness. All I have needed, thy hand has supplied. And that's what I believe is that. Um, I know this is the week um, that we are celebrating our country's independence, and that is so great and so wonderful to live in an independent country. But um, I celebrate my dependence on this church family. And oh my God, who has seen me through many, many trials because I know that further adventures await and I don't quite yet know exactly what they are, but he's given me time to rest and um, I will find them because he's not done with me and um, he has been greatly faithful. I hold to the promise that's on that plaque um, and and the promise of that verse. Um I know that Diana Reed always clung to the promise that, um, though outwardly, I don't know, outwardly our our earthly bodies are crumbling away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day, um, prepared for something glorious. And that's me, and that's Otter Creek. We're being prepared for glory. So that's part of my Otter Creek story. This is my family. And I mean, I I love many of our preachers, but I don't come to Otter Creek for the preacher. Sorry, Josh Graves, Um, but I do. I love him. Um, But there isn't anything about the bumps that we go through that would make me leave this church. Um, God has showed up to me through the people here, and I don't think people... Number one, they're not open to admit they have problems, so people can't help them if they don't admit that they have them. And number two, people don't stay when times get tough. In Indiana, Pennsylvania, where I grew up, there was one little church of Christ. You didn't leave. Uh, That's the way I was brought up here. You go to another congregation if you don't like the way things are going or the way the worship service is or whatever. And and I've just always found that a little bit ridiculous because family's family and my family has lots of warts and all and um, people love us warts and all. And that something else I've thought a lot about the church being the body of God and and, um, sometimes um In my lifetime, um, I've been the colon. And um, 
when one little fingernail hurts, that's all you can concentrate on is that one little part that hurts, um, that we all need, we, we do, um, sometimes we do a better job helping people when they're hurting than we do when seemingly things are all together. I remember before the carjacking that I was feeling like maybe it was my time to leave Lipscomb. I, I've taught there 42 years um, and retired just this spring. But um, before the carjacking two years ago, I kind of felt like they wanted me to leave. Uh, I, I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel loved. and. When the carjacking happened, love poured out of the woodwork from Lipscomb, from Otter Creek, um, so many different ways. And I realized I was loved all along. I just people can do a better job of showing it when people are going through a struggle. And so I have felt very loved because I've gone through a lot of different kinds of struggles. I haven't even mentioned our bankruptcy that we had when the girls were teenagers or um, some of the other family issues that we've had. But um, I've tried to be more aware and reach out to people when things are going to rejoice with those who rejoice, not just to weep with those who weep. But um, Otter Creek has really um, helped me when I wept um, and enabled me to find joy. I loved Vicki's funeral this past week. I just found it um, so encouraging that she always knew how to look for the joy. And I want to be that kind of person. Um, there's a there's a great quote by Shauna Nequist that says that I want a life that sizzles and pops and makes me laugh out loud. I want to eat cold tangerines, sing out loud in the car with my window open, wear pink shoes and paint my walls the exact color of the sky. I want to sleep hard on clean white sheets and throw parties and eat ripe tomatoes and read books so good they make me jump up and down. And here's the part that matters so much to me. I want every day to make God belly laugh. So glad that he gave life to someone who loves the gift. So I think being grateful for the gift is key. Um, I think being grateful to the people who help us through and uh, loving them when their times are hard and when their times are good, celebrating with them, that doing life, giving Otter Creek a chance over the long term, um, not leaving or complaining when things are not going the way I want them to, um, is part of a bigger plan. I think Sandy Collins once told a story that that our life is this huge tapestry and um, we're like little ants down in the tapestry. And when we're in the red crawling through the rug, we, we can't, or through the tapestry, we can't see anything but red. And we don't understand that pretty soon we're going to be in a beautiful green and a lovely calming blue We can't see that, but God is up above and he sees the big picture and we just have to trust. So I trust and I try to be a winsome example of what a believer ought to be. Um, But again, you have to take me warts and all. When I had my colon surgery, after five days, I was one of that two to three percent of people who have something develop a leak and become septic. And so I crashed and stopped breathing. And God had it that my oldest daughter happened to be there in the room because I don't I don't know if I 
would have lived. I don't think I could have rung a button or gotten help. I, I, I don't know what would have happened to me if my daughter hadn't been right there, but she was. And nurses were summoned and I went into emergency surgery. And um, I remember very vividly asking God to let me see him as I went into surgery that I really needed to see him. And all I remember as I went into surgery was this giant whirl of lights and colors and plastered right in the middle, kind of like a kaleidoscope, was one of those fake pictures of Jesus' head um, just whirling around. And, and afterwards, I found that so upsetting that I couldn't see Jesus and that um, that I didn't deserve to see Jesus. And then eventually I realized Moses didn't get to see Jesus. That It's not time yet for me to see Jesus. I look forward to that. Someday I will see Jesus. Let's see. Right now, it's very hard, um, but there's so much in the Bible about not worshiping an image of Jesus. And right now, I see him through nature and through the faces of all these people that I'm so dependent on, these wonderful, wonderful people from my church, Otter Creek. Going back to school this last year was an act of faith for me because I was told I could do it, but I had an ileostomy. And that was part of this emergency surgery. And the ileostomy was very, very close to the wound on the center of my stomach, this deep wound that I had. So I had lots of leaks and problems. And um, I was, how do you teach eighth graders? Well, a nurse suggested to me that I could just tell them about my surgery and um, explain all that. And I just thought, you have no understanding of eighth graders at all. If you think I could tell them that um, waste doesn't go through my body the way it does a normal person, that um, it comes out of my belly button. Um, that was just, that was a real act of faith, was going back to school. Uh, my surgery to correct that. I no longer have an ileostomy. My surgery to correct that was went well. And um, I had that in December of this last year. And um, my, my life group and many other people saw me when I was not my best, to say the least. Um, 23 days of not being able to take a shower meant my hair was a huge, giant rat's nest. Um, around my head that had had powder put in it um, numerous times since I couldn't wash my hair. And um, I remember vividly Del Wilcher leaning me over the sink at home, helping me wash my hair once I finally got home attached to a wound machine. And I um, I remember Janet Crothers uh, with her comb patiently, patiently getting out the last of the knots in the back of my hair that I couldn't get out myself. And life's full of those little unattractive moments that are great gifts of service. My kids had no idea. I had the most wonderful year. I um, developed really, really close relationships with my last group of students and um, was honored by my colleagues with Teacher of the Year, um, something that I hadn't gotten for 30 years prior. Um, the, and um, my writing scores for my students were off the chart. I really, truly did get to finish strong. And it was such a, 
I just feel so grateful. I just feel so grateful to God because not everybody gets those second and third chances, but I feel like that means God's saying, you were okay to go. You you actually even wanted to, I wanted to die there for a few days, um, but I'm not done with you yet. There's something yet that you're supposed to do. So I've got to find that. Um, no pressure. <laughs> that was a leap of faith. But Gail Shrigley told me I could. If Gail Shrigley thought I could, surely I could. And I didn't want to leave with everybody feeling sorry for me. I had been the old woman who'd been carjacked at the beginning of the previous year. And then I had this surgery that was supposed to be a kind of big deal, but that I would be supposed to be over in six weeks. And then as I was saying about the whole body being connected, I wrote the worst part of my surgery. Well, this is a faith thing, I guess, is that um, eventually fluid filled up in my lungs, parts of your body that are not attached. Um, one of my most vivid memories is when they told me that they had to figure out why I couldn't breathe. And the not being able to breathe was the worst part when my lungs filled up. I treasure that song. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise because I finally understood just a little bit of what it must have been like for Jesus hanging on the cross and to try and try to breathe. And he he couldn't and he knew it was only going to get worse and worse. And um, of course, I don't have any understanding of the agonies that Jesus went through, but that helped me really feel just a little bit of the same kind of pain that that he went through for us. And um, it's it's made that a much more vivid understanding for me because I couldn't breathe. And then one time they said, we've got to give you a test to figure out why you can't breathe. And so you've got to drink this dye. And they gave me four cups of dye and they said, you have to drink it but your kidneys, which I had no idea there was something wrong with my kidneys because there wasn't when I went in, but all the body needs every other part of the body. Your kidneys are shutting down. And so after you have this dye test, it's going to negatively affect your kidneys and you may be on dialysis. And I was stunned when they told me that. I remember so vividly drinking those cups and thinking, I'm killing my kidneys. I'm killing my kidneys. And they told me I might be on dialysis, which I wasn't. I was fine. But um, because I have to have this test about my lungs. Um, then later I had a blood clot behind my knee that rehospitalized me because one went to my, one was in my lung. And um, so I came to this deeper appreciation of how the body all, every part of the body needs every other part of the body. And every person at Otter Creek, we don't always know how we need someone else, but we will. And, and our paths are interconnected for a reason that I don't necessarily understand, but it all matters. It's all part of this bigger tapestry that I can't see, but that someday I'll understand. Core Stories is a ministry of the Otter Creek Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. To find more stories, go to ottercreek.org stories or follow us on Instagram.